Ah, mon Afrique, réveille-toi. Il est midi. Tu dors encore. Réveille-toi. N'écoute pas Babylone. Il te fournit des armes pour tuer ton peuple. N'écoute pas Afrique. Afrique Nanga Oya, bat-toi cheveux crepus. Bat-toi maïel et bosimbani babigé. Oya bilanga bosimbani bakongo. Simbani maboko mouna le kate. Afrika, malobate, mon salande. Mouindo yangolo, Afrika, mobali yamingao, Afrika. Welcome to Congo Live, the authentic voice of the Congolese people in America. Uh, I'm your host, Patricia Lokwa, joining me today in the studio with uh, Kambali Musavuli and a special guest. And it's been quite a, a long vacation we've taken. It wasn't as long as I expected. You know, I wanted to be uh, on the road for about two years at least, meaning <laughs> youth movements on the ground and especially in Africa. I spent a lot of time in Africa and in Latin America for the past uh, few months. And I know that our listeners were waiting for us to come back online. And when we talk about the authentic voice of the Congolese people, what was the authentic voice that you gave some of uh, the youth that you came across in all these regions in Africa? You know, what I really understood uh, traveling across the world uh, for the past few months is that young people everywhere around the world, uh, they have the same aspirations. Uh, they all want to have a say in the decision-making process. And they're expressing that in many ways, uh, speaking about the movement in uh, South Africa, the... Uh, the fees must fall movement. Uh, when you look at the movement also in Senegal, you know, Yanama is still active there and they are engaging young people in civic education. And then in Latin America, uh, met uh, young people in uh, Minas Gerais uh, who have occupied a school. I mean, high school students who have occupied a school, living in the school, demanding that the government remove a law uh, that they passed. The Brazilian government passed a law to freeze the education budget for the next 20 years. So it was inspiring to see that young people are also doing that uh, in their countries, in their respective countries, just as the movement in the Congo, the Telema movement, where young people in the Congo want change in the country. Uh, speaking of in the Congo, I was actually in the Congo myself uh, this June. I had an opportunity to meet with some of these uh, youth who are uh, organizing, getting engaged in their communities. Uh, we got to do a lot of fun activities while I was there, and I learned a lot from them, and I hope that... Uh, as we're coming back on Congo Live, we can learn about uh, some of your trips, Kambali, and we can also learn about uh, what I also learned when I was in the Congo. But uh, before we continue the show, let's hear a little bit about the news and what's going on right now in the Democratic Republic of Congo. We are eight days away from the December 19th um, date, the day the President Kabila is supposed to step down and seat power. Uh, the tension is high in Kinshasa as he has shown no sign of leaving, but rather signs of staying by force if necessary. The Episcopal Commission of the Congo, known as SENCO, has stepped in to facilitate a dialogue between Kabila's majority coalition and the main opposition forces. The mediation began late this week and will recommence on Tuesday, 
hopefully there will be much more uh, people are engaged in that. We are all watching this situation very closely. Uh, the U.S. Special Envoy, Tom Perillo, is in the region uh, on the last-minute trip to try to avoid an imminent clash between Kabila and the people. Uh, Perillo visited the DRC after stopping in Europe. He met Kabila, he met Senko, and some of the opposition forces. Uh, the U.S. position appears to be okay with Kabila staying in power as long as he organizes the elections in 2017. Uh, the European Union has indicated that it is ready to sanction seven Congolese officials in an attempt to pressure Kabila to step down and deter the Kabila regime from cracking down on the demonstrators. The Youth Forum Ileton Movement in the Congo held a press conference in Kinshasa this week, uh, this past week, where they called for youth to stand up to defend the future on December 19th and beyond. Uh, we have information gathered with, uh, from Ed Snowden and The Intercept. I uh, hope many people are even familiar with who Ed Snowden is. But uh, this week we saw a report coming out in the French newspaper Le Monde where it was reported this week that the DRC is one of the most spied countries on the African continent by the British government. Uh, the Congolese government sought a ruling from a court in the province of Katanga to block the sale of Tenke Fungurume to a Chinese company. Uh, this is the latest development in a contentious battle between the Congolese government and the American company Freeport McMoran, who is attempting to sell its mining concession, the 2.5 billion copper concession and cobalt concession they have in Katanga province at this time. Belgium and the United States have called on their non-essential staff and families to leave the DRC in advance of the December 19th when acute instability is expected in the country. And this is quite worrisome uh, whenever the United States and Belgium are asking the citizens to leave the Congo. Uh, we hope things will be okay uh, in the country as people are trying to regain control of their land. Last the U.S. Congress held a hearing on the crisis in DRC where witnesses called for further sanctions and for the U.S. to pressure President Kabila to step down on December 19. Jali l'opangota, cachie jali chezela. Yahweh, Yahweh, bénisse à Yahweh, Yahweh, batela ni tombo. Yahweh, Yahweh, bénisse Bangala na bakongo, 
of the Congolese people. Thank you very much, Kamali, for that uh, news. It's always uh, encouraging to know what the youth is doing on the ground. Uh, for our callers who will be interested in speaking with our guests a little bit later, we always encourage you to participate in these conversations with us by calling 410-481-1010 later during the show to ask questions and share any comments that you may have uh, as we proceed during the show. Agroecology... Agrarian reforms and many other words have been used lately to discuss processes where people are now returning to the traditional way of growing food. Congo, the second largest African country by size with agricultural potential to feed the entire world until 2050 when the world's population is 9 billion. It is critical to look at what the Congolese themselves are doing, not just to protect the land, but what processes they are using to grow food for their people. Our guest today... Samuel Yagasi, a community leader in Isangi, and you can correct me a little bit later if I made any mistakes, a town northeast of Congo. He will share with us how his community is organized for self-sufficiency right in the heart of Africa. And Kambali, if you can give us a small bio for those who may not know who Samuel is, I've had an opportunity to really get to know him, and uh, so far he's such an amazing person. I think you've covered it all. Uh, Samuel is a very inspiring young Congolese uh, working inside of the Congo uh, to not just empower communities, but to show how uh, what's possible in the Congo, uh, whereby he goes to uh, the remote region of the country, uh, specifically Sangi in the Isagi district, uh, working with the villagers there, mobilizing or organizing them to address the local issues before uh, the intervention of the West. And I think we will hear more uh, from him uh, about GOVA, you know, the groupment or village organization for self-development. Uh, what is GOVA and what they do and how can people on the outside help? So I'm very excited to have you in studio, in person. And welcome How? on the show. How are you doing today? How's America treating you since your trip? Yeah, thank you very much for welcoming me, welcoming me here in the studio. And um, I'm really excited. Um, as Kambale said, we are trying to help people in our area through, the, through our local organization called GOVA by telling them about self-sufficiency um, what we would like to tell them is, you know, um, helping people to find, uh, what can I say, uh, to exploit the local potential, first of all, 
before asking um, for uh, aid from outside. Um, let me make it a little bit clear. I would like to say I wouldn't like to say that we don't want the aid from outside, but would like to stress one important thing: um, we don't want the foreign aid, you know, to replace us. We don't want the foreign aids to work, you know, in in the place of the local population because a lot of international NGO are making a lot of mistakes by thinking that just bringing money is the 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 the, the only one solution. Uh, bring money is not enough, but they need to listen to local people. They need to understand the basic needs of the local people. They need to understand the what they can say the the the, the plan, the local plan for development. And another one, uh, another information I would like to share with you is how Gova is trying to manage the what they can say um, the. What, what would you call it? Um, you know, um, we have situation in the community. We have um, sleeping sickness or other disasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, people when they go to help because of the disaster, they they make that big mistake. Uh, the big mistake is they look at the victims of the disaster just as victims. You know, mm-hmm. and when you look at those people. As only as victims, you start thinking at their place. You you start to determine yourself, you their needs, which is not always true. Let me give you an example. In Isangi territory, where Gova is based, where is uh just for our listeners, sorry to interrupt. Where is uh, Isangi when we look at the Congo itself? Where is yeah, uh, Isangi is in the eastern part of Congo. Um, in the province oriental but now uh, we used to have 11 provinces but now it's 26 okay. so it's the new Chop province the, which so belongs in Chop province uh, that okay. is the eastern part of Congo so okay. it's about uh, one 1000 kilometers when you go to Goma okay I'm yeah. actually interested uh, before you go a little bit further for some of our listeners who may not know what Gova is um, can you just go a little bit back and explain as to how did it start and what exactly does Gova do within the community? I know that they have a radio show that they do, but how did that even come about? Those are some of the things that some of our listeners may not know, and I think explaining that gives them a sense. Okay, uh, thank you very much. Um, we started Goma, Gova in 1992 okay. um, by trying to correct what we saw as the weaknesses from different uh, local or even international organizations. We saw two weaknesses from those organizations. The first one, um, everything or the people were relying on totally on the foreign money. Secondly, uh, the initiatives were, were taken by intel- only intellectuals. People was been to university. They come back to the, the the village or to the community, and they stay themselves in the um, somewhere and trying to think uh, to think about project for the community. And when they talk of when they talk about the involvement of the community, it's just on the paper. Mm. But normally, uh, it's their project, and it's it's like the same uh, as um, 
uh, when you rely on the foreign money. When the foreign money is not there, everything collapses. And also, it's the same when the group of intellectuals are not there, everything collapses. So when we decide to create GOVA, we said, let us give the answer to all those two weaknesses by giving a limited status to the foreign aid, which mm-hmm. is very, very important. That's what we are teaching people in the rural area, to tell them that you are able. And the poverty is not necessary financial. Poverty is not material. Poverty is in our heads. Poverty is, what can I say, uh, it's mental. It's psychological. It's, it's psychological. Mm-hmm. So we need to fight uh, all those st- st- stereotypes. Stereotypes. Yeah, things like that. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we started in 1992, and we went to, to, to meet with the elders of okay. the village to tell them that we have uh, the, cad- the academic knowledge, but it's not enough working in a rural area. You know, you say, don't say, okay, I'm from uh, the Baltimore University, so I know everything. No, you don't know everything. You need to understand what is going on in the, the area. You need to listen to local people. You need to listen to all those elders. And then we say, okay, let us go to the elders. Because we have the, uh, uh, so we can combine, you know, our academic knowledge and their traditional wisdom, which is very critical, which is very important for uh, the local development. And the second issue, as I told you, we said, okay, somebody can help us, but let us start by ourselves first, by what we have. Okay. Okay. And, um, yeah, it wasn't easy. And uh, we spent three, three years without having women with us, only because the, the, the traditional leaders told us, okay, we agree with you. Mm-hmm. We are going to accompany you, but please leave our wives at, our wives at home because they have to cook food, they have to look after children, and so on. And then we had to wait. We had to wait. We refused confrontation with the elders because mm-hmm. we want the process to be, you know, um, I don't know how to, to express mm-hmm. myself, to be really local and accepted. I see. Yeah. And we spent three years until when uh, the village decides to start, a, uh, what you can say, a project, a local project, totally funded by the community, by supporting people, uh, supporting our students from the community at the Kisangani University. So the village decides, asked everyone in the community to give 10 kilos of rice. Everyone, you may have children to university and not, only because you belong to the community, you have to. You have to. So uh, the elders said, uh, it's very interesting, but we are fearing women because they are the ones who are controlling harvest. Be- before we take a break, uh, can you share with us some of the uh, memorable projects that Gova has done in the past nine years? Yeah, um, let, me, let, me, let me start by this project of supporting students at university. And, you know, the most important uh, resource 
resources is the human resources. And the community start building on that, supporting students at university so that they are indebted to the community. When they finish their studies, some can go to, some, some of them can stay in Kisangani, though uh, some, some others can go to, Kis, to Kinshasa, but some also decide to come back to work for the community without being paid, only because the community decide to, to finance the, their studies. Mm-hmm. And that's one project. Another project, it was about women. Uh, you know, uh, living in traditional li- uh, a- area is not easy. And, you know, uh, the customs uh, against women is so strong. Let me give you an example. Women were not allowed to eat 22, 22 kinds of, of, of meat because it was decided by only men. So we addressed, we decided to address the issue and asking to elders, why women are not allowed to eat 22 kinds of, of meat? Why? And why only women and not men? So we discussed after three, after three days of discussion with the elders, politely, they say, okay, now we don't have, we don't even understand why, let us allow them to eat this kind of, or everything they want to eat. So, you know, uh, we, we negotiated with the, the, the traditional leaders about, uh, about the women, and now they are participating in all activities. Mm-hmm. And another important project we are implementing is uh, the fight against the sleeping sickness, which is in Isangi right now. And Belgian NGO came to help from two, two, 2004 to 2007, and they decided to leave because they, they had a limited budget, they had a limited, um, uh, what can I say, agenda. So we decided to, by collecting money locally, you know, we are asking 100 Congolese br- uh, franc, which is about 10 cents. Uh, is, uh, everyone is collecting, uh, is giving that money. So we put together and give to the nurse and the doctor to go to different villages to uh, try to help people who are sick and, and people who are in the hospital. Um, if we can take a short break, I'm actually really interested in understanding a little bit more about the sleeping sickness because I've never heard it before. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll discuss a little bit more about uh, the GOVA project that you're currently working on.
Congo Live, the authentic voice of the Congolese people. We're here in Baltimore uh, covering live with Samuel Yagase. Am I saying that correct? Yeah, it's okay. You know, I want you to correct me. I want yeah, to it's right. correct. Yeah, Samuel Yagase. It's Yagase, correct. Okay. <laughs> Who's currently working in the rural developmental um, area in Province Orientale in the Democratic Republic of the Congo? He's the founder of Gova, which works on promoting and coaching initiatives uh, in the local community. He's very uh, committed to working with uh, the locals and teaching them to be self-sufficient. And you were just speaking to us about uh, the sleeping sickness. Gambali, do you know what the sleeping sickness is? I think uh, I have the sleeping sickness because I sleep a lot. That means you're lazy. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> no, okay. no, it's not I, I like that. What, it means. what does the sleeping sickness mean? Because I did see it on the documentary. Um, as well. Unfortunately, I'm not a doctor, but I'll try to mm-hmm. give some explanation about what I, what I see on the ground. Uh, it's um, sickness caused by the tete flies. The okay. Tete flies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit like malaria, but it's not. Mm-hmm. When you have the sleeping sickness, you you may think you have headache, you have fever, but it's not malaria. So you need to go to the doctor, you need to go mm-hmm. to the laboratory, and to for the checkup, they um, or they can tell they can differentiate when it's malaria or the sleeping sickness. Mm-hmm. And when if when if when it is the sleeping sickness. Um, yeah, you need to. It depends the the, the stage. Uh, you may it, you you need to 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 be in the hospital for eight day eight days mm. for treatment when it's the beginning. But when you you take a lot of time before going to the hospital, you may stay maybe more than one month there. Can oh. can it be eradicated? Uh, are there places in the world where they've eradicated that? And what are the lessons? I think it will be very very difficult as um, because we still have a tete fly living. You know, mm. when when the the tete fly when one tete fly bites you, and when it has the sleeping sickness, so you have it. You know, it's not from man to man. No, it's from tete flies to to man. Mm. So. As long as we have sets of flies, I think it will be very, very difficult to to eradicate. So, you mentioned that there were Belgians or Belgian Belgian NGO that came in uh, into the community, and they left. Why did they leave? Um, it was uh, Metzes Sans Frontier from Belgium. They they came. Uh, they, they reached this thing in 2004 and left in 2007. And Just the what, what they t- what they yes. told people say okay we had a uh, fixed budget so everything's over we need to go back and that's why we decided to start you know uh, our own fa- our own uh, fight you know and um, okay now we can't be sorry about that because it was a, a very big opportunity for the community 
to you know to take responsibility and to start this uh, initiative of collecting money yeah. uh, and now it's not only helping people for the sleeping sickness it's also helping for malaria for diarrhea and uh, other disaster in the area you see and uh, for our listeners uh, we highly recommend that they also go see the documentary in which you are primarily featured the documentary Mabele Abiso, uh, an Abiso, that's a documentary by Congolese filmmaker Petnandaliko, and uh, it's very inspirational. Where uh, can they find it? Uh, what site uh, would be? I believe uh, uh, going through directly the filmmaker, Petnandaliko, okay. they can get access to it. There is a trailer online, or they can contact directly either the filmmaker, Petnandaliko, online, or contact or Friends of the Congo. Congo.org. Uh, we'll have the we'll name some there. information there. So if you don't know how to spell it. Yeah, so the. Documentary shows something that I love, right? Which is radio, because we are we are in a radio station right now, mm-hmm. and then I'm seeing uh, this young man who went to school, um, by uh, funded by uh, the community community fund, and also working in a radio station that's ecologically friendly, using palm oil for that, electricity. Yeah, I uh, want to know about you that. Know, so how, how did this project of radio and Engaging a youth from the community who went to the university, coming back. Like, how did you come uh, realize that project of having a community radio run by the people, funded by the people, ecologically friendly? And uh, the radio came a little bit later, as you know, as we took uh, about six years to work for the community and and uh, trying to to build that spirit and trying to promote. The soli- and the true solidarity within the community. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, as it was very, very difficult to go to different uh, villages, you know, Isangi, uh, it's like um, in terms of size, uh, 50,770 yeah, 50, square kilometers. So we have more than 450 villages, you know, uh, you you may go to maybe 100 kilometers to reach the other village, so it's big. And uh, we said, okay, we need something to communicate, mm-hmm. something, uh, uh, you know, uh, the communication tool. That's why we decided to have uh, that local, uh, you know, uh, radio. And there is no electricity in the, in the rural area, and using... Um, what I can say, uh, the fuel, it's very, very, very uh, complicated. And as we heard that, there is the possibility of getting uh, the machine which, uh, which, uh, which can be used by palm oil that we have, and uh, especially in the area, this palm, palm tree, it's really a lot. We have a lot. We have a lot of oil in the area. And we said, okay, instead of buy instead of buying uh, the other type of machine uh, which can give electricity, let's, get, let's buy the other one which can be used by, you know, be fueled as, which can use fuel, which can use, um, what can I say, palm oil as oh, fuel, you know? And as, yeah, the spirit is already there, that the student that you saw in the, the film, he decided to come back and work as director of the radio for two years without being paid. 
right. only because the community, uh, you know, founded these uh, studies at university. And that's what, what, I, what I find very amazing about these communities, you know, especially coming back from a trip uh, to Latin America, where uh, the notion of sustainability, what does it actually mean? Uh, someone who doesn't have a salary will still survive. It means that the community is providing somehow. So as a community, they're able to take care of each other and build something that belongs to them. And that's inspiring to see it right inside the Congo in a very remote area. And this is the story that we have to continue to lift up about what the Congolese people uh, have potential for. And that's one of the things also you say in the film about we Congolese, we have values, we have culture. Um, what makes it hard for our culture and our values to be out in the world from what you see from the ground, working inside of the Congo? I think yeah, when we talk about values, I would like to stress one, or what I, what I consider as the biggest values of Congolese, and not only Congolese themselves, the biggest value of Africa. Do you, you know it? No. It's solidarity. Mm. It's solidarity. We, we have been taught from solidarity from the primary school. We are living in the community. It's a solidarity. It's not like here, but I respect also val Western values. But you know, when you okay, let me let me let me uh, give you an example. If today we decide to leave Baltimore and go to Isang with you, when we reach our community, I don't know uh, when we reach there. Um, it will it will not be my concern. To, to, end, to, to know where you are going to sleep. It mm -hmm. will not be my concern where, where you are, you, what you are going to eat, where you are going to sleep. No. Once we reach there, it will be the community responsibility mm. to, to say, okay, we have a visitor. Let us take a uh, look after him, bring water, uh, bring food, uh, give him uh, you know, uh, yeah, bed to sleep. So uh, we need really to, to build on. And you said it's a very interesting issue about the potential of the DRC. I think it's the most, one of the most rich, yeah, richest countries in the world. But when you look at the poverty in DRC, we can't accept it. Because, because you know, uh, governance and uh, the political issues that we need uh, to take responsibility from the grassroots and try to change things, um, you know, forever. Uh, speaking of change and responsibility, let's uh, continue that discussion after this short break, and uh, we'll be right back. Une maison blanche, en colère et le peuple noir, quoi que ses armées soient blanches. Ma parole n'est pas évangile, la crucifie pas comme Christ. Chiite, sunnite, vert, je ne m'oppose qu'au gaz de schiste. Avoir une vie en rose, libre de violer, vert. Devoir du respect aux autres, même ivre, n'est pas violer une sœur. Maçon de mon art, si mes sons mortes dans l'absence de la haine et division, ce qu'au fond, mon âme est morte au front. On classe à faire de l'enfer au paradis L'art vidé de sa vraie substance Une parodie Du rap, certes, mais tellement hypocrite Jean Art, Seuf, mais Art, Punchline et Gautry Tellement à pleurer qu'on en rit Des lions qui s'étripent entre eux Et ben c'est la vache qui rit 
gris, gris. L'avalanche d'insultes, clash, bif, médecine, Paris. Parasite l'esprit des jeunes artistes rap d'Afrique qui naissent rue, rue, rue. Soirée foot au don de la mer Si tu crées le crampon Viens pas au ballon rond Arcor c'est tous Fils des putes sauf lui de sa daronne Ceux qui réussissent sus Sa règle il en est l'exception Entre lui et un mur Israël et Palestine y'a que la guerre qui fait le pont Divaga souhait comme sueur sur un visage Rap vrai soit même quand la mort cravage le sien Aussi vrai qu'il est de couture d'être à la mode Costume pour chaque époque That was Congolese rapper Lexus Legal featuring another amazing Congolese singer, Freddy Masamba. Uh, the song is Tokomi Wapi, pretty much speaking about where are we today, um, speaking about some of the ills and issues and challenges that we face as Congolese. And that's a great segment, a segue to the discussion that we are going to have now. You know, going into the break, uh, you mentioned Congo's potential. And uh, we've so much blessings. And we see the opposite side of that, right? The Congolese are not benefited from Congo and they are living in abject poverty. What do you think the Congolese people need to do, given the experience you've had with Gova and the reality that you live while you are on the ground? Our listeners need to know actually, you live inside of the Congo, you're just here visiting. But what do you think Congolese people need to do to transform their country? Um, uh, you said very well that Congo has been blessed, and this, which is true. Uh, Congo has a lot of, uh, you know, mineral resources, forest, everything. But let me tell you frankly that uh, uh, Congo lacks one very important um, value or, uh, or or the kind of blessing, you know, the will and the power will of, you know, uh, transforming what they have been given by the nature to the, the real resources, you know, uh, to change their lives. Uh, when, I t when, when I talk about the will, yeah, let me, okay, maybe from the grassroots level, but I would like to insist on the, the political leaders, the will of transforming uh, the, the, the lives of the Congolese because the potential is there. We can't accept to see that country, uh, to see people of the, that country uh, staying uh, or being the, the, the poverty mm -hmm. they are facing. It's not acceptable. So we need, uh, that's why we are trying to, to do at the grassroots level, teaching people that it's possible to transform, to change our life by, you know, exploiting uh, the local resources we have by reinforcing, promoting the true solidarity is possible. I see. Yeah. So you say Congo is rich. We have so much potential. 
we have a government that's there, and then there is sleeping sickness in Isangi. Then at the same time, we're getting Belgians who are coming with you know, Médecins Sans Frontières to help. How are we mobilizing the communities to able to see these contradictions and hold the government accountable to say that you have to address this issue because before Belgians come? Are there movements such as uh, this happening on the ground level? So let me insist on another big mistake, you know, when, uh, okay, we have a lot of problems mm-hmm. in the area. And the mistake we are always making is to think that the solution of our problems must come from outside. That's yeah. the biggest mistake. And we need to change that reality. Yeah. Our problems, and we need to be uh, on the front line of the fight to look for the solution. And it's possible. That we need to change, even from our, uh, you know, d- sometimes when I discuss people from um, the university and so on, and we need even to, to change the system of teaching or educating people in, in our area. You know, um, I don't think we have to, to blame foreigners or western or what it's our responsibility to look for solution about our problems yeah. it's kind of interesting one of my mentors uh, always have said to me uh, the west may have created a problem is uh, is for us to solve it uh, it's kind of interesting the way also you put it is thinking about no matter what the problem is we have to resolve it and the community has to be engaged in that way something yeah. that um I found very interesting in the comment that you made is the solution is not outside, it's in the inside. Mm-hmm. And you see that connection when you have the locals going to the elders of the village. Because if you look at our political structure right now, the elders, the people who protect the land, they're not uh, counselors. They're not giving wisdom to them. So it's like you've given the country to a bunch of children to run it without knowing the history of what it's taken for a country to get there. So what role do you think chiefs of villages and elders play in the role of what is currently happening in the Congo right now? Do you feel that it's necessary for them to step in? I think it's a very, very crucial uh, intervention. It's a very crucial uh, matter. And the elders are really playing a very, very uh, critical mm-hmm. role in the in the area, especially about protecting land. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know uh, a lot of Many, many companies, you know, are coming in, you know, giving money to the some corrupted leaders and they they go to the village to take, to grab land, you know. Yeah, it's been happening. They've been killing a lot of... Uh, yeah, yeah. But some areas where uh, uh, these elders are in, are really in solidarity, they are trying to fight mm-hmm. to get land, to get their, their yeah. land back. Okay. And, and they are successful. It happened in Isangi. Oh, I'm not really? going to, to give you the name of the company or the country <laughs> they came from. We can, we can find well, it. But, uh, I, I'm interested in knowing what happened, you know, without even giving Yeah, names. yeah, they, 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 they came there. They said, okay, from now you are not going to, to go to, the, to enter this forest. And people are living on the forest, you know, farming, everything, caterpillars, the fruit, all those in all those things are in the forest when you, t- you tell them please don't go there it's like you are going to you, you want to kill them and they say no 
You say, oh, we have papers from Kinshasa. And no, that's our land. It's not the Kinshasa land. That's our, mm. the land of our ancestors. We have to defend ourselves. And they enter, they organize themselves. They send youth, the young people there, and start beating all you know, the, their envoys. So they feared and they ran away. Wow. Yeah. That's what I mean, happened. It just makes me look at not only does is it up to us to transform our country, but it's also up to defend our country. And when you have uh, people who were set in place are kings and the queens, when you look at Congo before colonization, they were there for a reason. When you say protecting the land, uh, I think it is important in the work when we're looking at the future of Congo, what it takes for change. It's not about implementing what others have done but it's about taking what works for them and try to bring it into your own environment and seeing how it works with with people within um, your environment as well. Yeah, and just to add um, what you've shared with the contemporary situation in the United States is similar to what the Native Americans are doing right now, uh, standing to, uh, uh, standing rock actually, uh, where there is a plan to build a pipeline into ancestral land and the community has organized and mobilized so that you know, it's important to share that story also with the people on the ground. Though, though our struggle may seem local, uh, it's also global. Um, mm. Communities around the world are facing the same situation where there is a land appropriation, uh, uh, environmental degradation and resource exploitation where we, the people of the land, we are removed, we are subject to different issues. And learning from others and sharing experience will be critical uh, for the liberation of the Congo. So, Samuel, as we end the show, um, I have a very important question for you. You have just visited the United States. You have met a lot of wonderful people who are in solidarity with Congolese. And you are going back home. Uh, two messages that I would like for you to share with our listeners. One, uh, what would you like uh, the people listening to you right now to do to help advance some of the work? And one message... Also, you have for the Congolese people who are listening to you during this show. Okay, um, uh, thank you very much. Uh, I'm really grateful to the United States. The United States people, the United States Embassy, have been granted a visa to, to, to come here without any problem. So I'm really very grateful. Um, I was lucky to meet, um, yeah, very friendly people. And we discussed a lot about what you are doing on the ground. Um, I've even some people without being asked, they decide to, to help somehow. I was in Atlanta, I was um, in San Francisco, I was in New York. Some people say, oh, Samuel, it's a very interesting experience. So please, how can we send some money there? I told them, okay, uh, you can, okay, you can through, through uh, Friends of the Congo because I'm not here to take the money because I have to respect the community role. I can't take the money like that uh, on their behalf, uh, just, you know, put it in my pocket and go back to Congo. No, I can't do that um, because of the transparency. So uh, uh, especially in Atlanta, I asked people to send money to Friends of the Congo so that Friends of the Congo can send to 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 Isangi, we have paper, we have everything to 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 be shown to the community, and from the community, uh, someone is going to call 
to call United States, to call the, the person or the organization to say thank you very much for the money you sent. It's going, it's going to be really very, very useful. Mm-hmm. And um, let, me, let me stress one thing. Uh, from the community fund, we are asking help from three, three different categories. The first one is people living in Isangi themselves because they are the ones who are facing the sleeping sickness and other disasters. Uh, secondly, we are asking uh, from people coming from Isangi but living in different places uh, within Congo, in Africa, in the United States, in Europe, everywhere. And the third category, we are asking to friends of Congo, to anyone who thinks that there is, uh, it's really a dynamic to be, to be uh, supported, you know. Um, and then to the Congolese community or the African community, I think uh, we, have to, we have to be optimistic. And I would like to tell them that it's possible to change Congo. And we have decided to start. It may take 10 years, 20 years, 5 years, 10, 20, but we need to start now to change, to get, to, to seek the real change for the Congo. When I talk about real change, I don't see the political change to change Kabila's president and get someone else. No, I, I, I look at the, the, the standard, the, the life standard of the Congolese. That's our priority. Uh, the stability of the, 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 the Congo, the end of all those wars and the rebel movement in, in the Congo. That's my message. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. And it's a pleasure. I know we tried to have you on on the show while you were inside of the Congo. We had you know, technical difficulties with uh, phone connections, but I'm glad that we are able to do this interview live. How can people get in touch with Gofa before we sign off? Um, so yeah, maybe I can, I'm going to leave uh, our contact to you as friend of Congo. We are partner of friend of the Congo. So, yeah, I think uh, everything will be left. So, so we'll be make friends sh- of the Congo. On the Friends of the Congo website, we'll make sure to post that information. And, of course, Congo Live uh, Facebook page and others, we can share that information as well. Definitely. Uh, we'll not only just share uh, the information of how to reach you, but for those who want to read up a little bit more about what exactly you guys have been uh, doing at the same time, uh, I encourage, like Ambali had mentioned earlier on the show, for people to watch it. Uh, it's one thing to hear it, but it's completely something different to actually see it. Uh, it really changes your views on how we see Africa as a whole, uh, just this whole world as a whole, of what we can do as people when we come together and we have that solidarity. And I think uh, each one of us have a role to play in making a difference, not only for ourselves, but for those uh, that we have that we've left back home, such as even myself that are Congolese, to... Uh, help them get educated in these areas. And thank you so much for joining us today on Congo Live in Kambali. It's always great to have you back. Very your, glad uh, <laughs> to be back. With your uh, Cuba hat and Lumumba shirt. But uh, Fidel vive. If that's any indication for next show, well, we look forward to having you guys next week uh, as we discuss more uh, issues on the Congo and we follow up on what's to come uh, when what's transpiring in the Congo in the next week. Mama, 
Ezalim deli wanteo Nakei kasilobi nako zonga Mayama Mopembo Ezalim deli wanteo Totika bamboka musika Tokende koluka bomoima Tokoma mitelengano Namboka mopaya Nania sungayo Pasina pasie Nakei kasilobi nako zonga Atandeleo Mopembo Ezalim Asoyo elekie niñokolo Boka ya mupaya pasiba ninga Atandele toko zonga kinshasao Pembenia bayeba ndakayo Atandele toko zonga mbokao Boka babo tabiso